All right. This episode of Tune on Toast is brought to you by Hammer Toyota here in Southern California, out there in Mission Hills. They, Hammer Toyota, have backed Tuna on Toast from day one. They are incredibly loyal. Before Tuna on Toast, we worked together. And when I told them, guys, I'm going to be starting a podcast. And before I could even say anything else, Hammer said, we want to be involved. They treat you like a rock star. Whatever stereotype you have of going to a car lot, it's broken when you go see my friends at Hamer. They're the absolute best. I'm not saying go get a car this second or anything. You don't have to say my name at the door, but support the company that supports Tuna on Toast. Hammer Toyota, H-A-M-E-R, HammerToyota.com. Your name is Stryker? Yes, it is. That's fire. <laughs> wow. I love sandwiches. It's called tuna on toast. I, I, I spit. I don't know what I'm doing. I love music and I love those that create it. Stryker's here. Tuna on toast. Yes. Tuna on toast. All right. Welcome to another episode of Tuna on Toast. It is Ted Stryker. Thanks for stopping by. A friendly reminder, all episodes are available to watch on my YouTube channel, which is Tuna on Toast with Stryker. So maybe you're brand new to this podcast. You never heard of me. I understand. You're like, what does this ridiculous host look like? What does the Tuna on Toast studio look like? Today for Fat Mike, what is Fat Mike wearing? You can watch it on YouTube. And some of my past guests, and Tuna on Toast comes out every single Tuesday, Tuna on Toast Tuesdays, Tom DeLong, Davey Havoc, uh, Brett Gerwitz, M. Shadows, Kay Flay, Bishop Briggs, Elon Rubin, uh, Tom Morello, Phineas. There's a ton of episodes available to listen, or as I said, you can watch it. So as I a tad nervous and a little anxious the 30 minutes before Fat Mike got here, yes, I was. The place was clean. The Tuna on Toast studio was ready to go. What was Fat Mike going to be like here on the show? I had been to his house uh, like three months ago, it was more of a business meeting. And then after that hangout, I was like, two tune on toast. It's like, just let me know when. And so this episode, just so you know, uh, we recorded slash filmed it in the middle of January. But Fat Mike is incredibly intelligent. He's a lunatic. At the same time, he's an entrepreneur and incredibly influential to so many different bands. So let's get right to it. Oh, actually, one more one more bit of information. Fat Mike brought his laptop, and we world premiere on this podcast, this episode, a brand new no effects song. I was like, wait a minute, is this really happening? So you'll hear that as well. So now we can get to it. Here he is. Welcome to the Tuna on Toast studio, the one and only Fat Mike. All right, here we go. Like, watch your head and your feet right there. Whoa. Is that a dog bed? No, that's a me first in the gimme gimme sweatshirt I folded up. Oh, you fold things? Yeah. You don't seem like much of a folder to me. Well. I don't fold. You don't? No, I got, I got, I got people who fold for me. I heard someone from the Gap. Wait, hold on. Hold on. Mike, you're not respecting wood. We uh, need a I'm coaster. respecting the wood. I'm not respecting the wood. <laughs> Where's the coaster oh, yeah, shot? Is it the... Oh, there it is. I have one. Why I never bring anything in here for myself? You guys ready? Not ready. Golf. I will play with any golfer. Doesn't matter. But if there's a fucking keep up, move it. Why do you have to take so long to hit the stupid ball? Because they're in a wheelchair. (laughs) Here we go. Three, two, one. 
Everybody in... Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, this is awkward. Fat Mike! Hey! What the hell? We're kind of sitting next to each other. It's very, very close to each other. Yeah, Yeah. well, okay. I feel feel at home here. Um, I ask all the guests that come over the same thing. Did you enjoy your experience? Where did you get your shoes? No, we're going to get to that. Did you enjoy your experience getting to my place? Yeah, it's the worst. (laughs) You live at... You live in Death Valley on a mountain, and it's all going to burn up one day. Well, but you're you're in Hollywood. My plan is to keep you here as long as possible, just so you know. That's okay. You gave me the smallest bottle of Tito's ever. Where is it? It's in my weird kilt. It's well, that's a skirt. It's this size. Yeah, thank you. But I also have the liquid death for you if you want it. I got yeah. the Tito's. I got some sort of uh, grapefruit drink and, and for cashews. You as thank well. you for the cashews. Yes, a lot exactly. of women. In some country, hurt their figures. Mike. I like to do this a lot. No, please don't. Oh. You don't want me to have any fun. <laughs> I don't know Stern how much. Stern said the same thing. What? That you have, were no fun? No, that I shouldn't eat cashews on a show. No, please don't. God please damn don't. It. Mike. Uh. I am so honored that you are here. And I think this is episode 18 or 19. Your name, more than anybody, has been dropped the most by the guests in terms of being complimentary. Oh. If people have... From Brett Gerwitz. You haven't had any country fans here yet. Uh, no, we've had no country artists, but I am willing to try. <laughs> Brett Gerwitz said nice things. Unbelievably so nice. nice thing. Tom DeLong said the nicest of things. I mean, the list goes on and on. And so I do a lot of research, even though it's very low-key conversation. But for you, I wrote down some questions. Do you mind if I just read them to you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. Gary said you did a lot of research. Normally, I don't keep it in front of me, but for you, I want to make sure that I get it word for word cool. correct. Okay. Well, you know, I have a lot of stories and a lot of details in my life. Number one, um, how old are you, and how much do you weigh? Mm. Well, that's just rude. I mean, I'm in I'm in my fifties, but what the fuck do you want to know what I weigh for? I am just I curious. mean, because <laughs> I'm like one eighty five or something. What the fuck? Okay, all right. I mean, if I was a woman, you wouldn't ask that question. Okay, moving on. Have you ever done uh, Dr. Drew Pinsky's podcast? Oh, well, you know, uh, he just turned me down. That's why I'm doing this one. No, Dr. Drew didn't turn you yes, down. Yes, he did. Why? Uh, I don't know. Maybe. You're a, honestly no bull crap. You're a legend. Why would you not want him to have Mike on? Because uh, I don't have a drug habit anymore, maybe. Uh, and we argued, you know, when I was on, when I did Love Line, it's like, uh, so you're, you're into like SM and fetish stuff. So what happened to you when you were a child? What the fuck? Can I just like sh- women in shiny clothes? Uh, you know, right. I like that. Okay. I didn't have anything terrible happen to me much. You grew up in Southern California. In the Valley. Yeah. In Beverly Hills. and But I'm from Boston. At what age did you and your family move out here? And were your parents married when you came out? Uh, yeah, they were married. But I was like four or five. Okay. That's weird. You started in Beverly Hills and then the whole family went out to the Valley? Yes. Yes, I used to hang out with uh, Walter Annenberg's grandkid. Really? Yeah, he owned TV Guide. Not doing so well now, are you, Walt? <laughs> well, some, I think a few buildings have been named after him at this point, right? Yeah, he had to pay for that, though. Next question. Do you mind if I read? No, go this? ahead. Okay. I, yeah. Um, uh, Fat Mike, um, what's the deal with Iraq? <sighs> with Iraq? What do you mean by just what's the deal with Iraq? Yeah, this is so stupid. <laughs> Mike it's wrote the these questions. Nah, well, you wrote I thought these they'd questions. be good. <laughs> okay, hold on. Let me ask you. Okay. I, I thought hear- I was supposed to write my own questions. No. No, you leave that to me. How did you get the name No Effects? That's a terrible... Qu- I-, I shouldn't have wrote that. I wrote that? Yeah, you That's did. That's terrible. So, uh, question six. Uh, yeah, move on. Fat Mike, 
you wrote this. I hear your son is very talented. I have a daughter. You didn't do any research at all. Um, um, no. <laughs> ask me. Uh, ask What's me the, it like ask to own a label? Parents. Ask me about my parents. They're having their anniversary coming up. Oh, really? Oh, your parents are having their 60-year anniversary? Uh, my parents are dead. That's... Uh, oh, shoot. Really? Sorry. I can't believe you brought that up. That's not cool at all. Uh, they both died in 2006. And they, they were divorced when I was five. But, you know, thank you for bringing up bad memories. I'm sorry that they <laughs> passed away, even though you wrote that question. Yeah, well, yeah. I'm good. I'm good okay. at this shit. Okay. Um, <laughs> Terrible death. I killed my mom, actually. Why do you wear women's clothes and are you wearing any, are you wearing women's panties right now? Well, this is a kilt. I don't know if this is women's clothes. That's uh, a kilt. Of course yeah. I'm wearing panties. Who doesn't wear panties? Whoa! Constantly. Holy mackerel. Well, as a matter of fact, I have a company that makes panties for men. Panties that hold in your junk. Okay. And that women won't laugh at you. Um, did you bring a pair for the host? Uh, you can have mine. I've been... I'll take them. We're in a few days. Yeah. Okay, I'll take them. I'll take them. I'll get you. I'll get you a dress, matching dress. I'll take that, Mike. I don't know. That's if you why I wear the clown shoes, so they don't laugh at my panties. Question about the shoes. Oh, as you arrived, and I stand out on the deck when people I know are close, and so I can flag them down. You were in an Uber, nice Uber. Yeah. Did the <laughs> driver? Nice did he say anything about the shoes? Did he start conversation? Uh, he asked me. Uh, where I got them, okay. and I said at the you know the shoe store, the clown place, uh, and uh, when I bought them, I asked the lady, uh, "Do you have any uh, sh clown shoes in size nine? And she said, "Do you think clown shoes have sizes?" <laughs> <laughs> you know, I never thought about that before. I'm like, you must say that a lot. She's like, every time I get the chance, because yeah, clearly they're all Fletcher size. One size fits all. Even big Fletcher can fit into those. You're saying. Well, I don't know. Can I put your questions away? Yeah. Okay. The Travis Barker one wasn't very good anyway. I'll ask the Travis Barker one. Okay. Okay, here we go. This is written by Fat Mike. I understand you know Travis Barker personally. Nope. Have you ever gone on a double date with him <laughs> and his fiance, and have you recorded with him? Mm. Yeah, we we uh, we did record together. We did the Cokie the Clown record. Right. And uh, he shreds. And, uh, you know, I thought maybe we could play a song from that. Because he's famous. <laughs> Isn't that why? But the thing with Travis, he's famous because of his talent, and he just happens to be very close with someone who is also super famous. He's a really good drummer. Can you just tell and us? I, did, I just asked him. I called him up. I go, hey, yeah. Travis, you want to play on this record I'm doing? He goes, you wrote it? I go, yeah. And he said, sure. How cool is that? But and, how does that work my ex -wife, when he gets uh, in the studio? Uh, hit his car. No. Me. Wait, a, hold on a minute. Yep. How'd she, what, what How'd she the, do it? Like, what were the, she was in reverse and didn't see it? Yeah, it's a black SUV, so, you know, it's hard to see at night. So I had to pay for that, and then uh, he hasn't called me back. I mean, he, I cannot get that kid on the line. I don't know what it is. Is that true or no? It's absolutely true. I have a text from him. It says, great songs. Uh, your ex-wife's driving skills, not so good. And since then, there's not been a ton of communication. No, he's famous. I'm not that famous anymore. But he's a worker. I work. No, Are you kidding like, me? I think he would. Maybe he doesn't know that you seriously want to... Do something with him. Well, we saw each other. We were like this close. I said, hey, Travis, what's up? And he just walked away. Bull crap. That's bull crap. I don't, yeah, I don't I'm a liar. I'm a big liar. But uh, yeah, punk. Uh, this song called Punk Rock Saved My Life, he shreds. It's like 10 different punk musicians on this song. I couldn't play the bass, so I got uh, Joe from Lagwagon. <laughs> really? 
He's better than me. He was an RKO. All right. So my questions are dumb and over. So can we get to some of mine? Which aren't questions. It's just conversation. Oh, I love conversation. It's, I mean, it starts with a question, then we'll converse. It's hot in here. Why are you wearing a sweater? Um, Striker. Striker. I'm wearing a sweater because I don't look good in one layer. (laughs) I look, so I need at least two layers and then goofy, I don't know what these pants are. People make fun of me on YouTube because of my pants. I right. Every episode. They're floods. They're short. They're they're women pants. So you wear think, women's clothes too. Why not? Well, I don't know. It's, it's kind of a fruity thing to do. I do it, but I'm a musician. <laughs> you're cool. I am not. No, I understand not. what you're saying. Kind of cool. Very cool. I wear women's clothes more than I wear men's clothes. At home, it's my uh, my fiance likes me that way. In women's clothes more than men's clothes. Yeah. So, but what? So when she says she likes you more than the women's clothes, is like what sort of look is it? Is it dresses? Is it pants? Is it nightgowns? What is uh, it? I have some nighties. Uh, it's, you know, it's like latex and uh, real fancy stuff. Stuff that's uh, uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. That's what you want to be doing. Wearing uncomfortable clothing. I mean, it's. I like it. Does she or do you wear it more because it makes her happy, or even if you weren't with her, you would still. Uh, wear women's clothes. Yeah, well, yeah. I'm, I've been uh, wearing panties and shit since I oh, was I know. Like a, a, a young teenager. Oh, really? Privately. Okay, since teenage. Okay. Right. But you can't wear dresses, you know, in the circle pit <laughs> in L.A. That's bad. Bad scene. Uh, if you had long hair, you'd get killed by a gang. Oh, yeah. L.A., come on. Old L.A. punk, very dangerous. But, yeah, I prefer to wear uh, women's clothes. It's just easy. You know, you wear a dress. You can uh, sit on your toilet backwards. No problem. You could uh, read or eat cereal, uh, anything in a bowl, no problem. <laughs> See, men can't do that. Can't Has do that it with been pants. easier for you to do these sort of things in 2022 than it was in 2000? Uh, yeah. Well, I, I, I started dressing publicly like a girl. I say girl. Yeah, I don't dress like a woman. I dress like more girly. Uh, it was about 10 years ago. I was 45, and uh, that was First day I went through uh, Heathrow Airport in a dress. That was fucking weird. How self-conscious did you feel? or were I you, felt punk. You did? Yeah, I, I felt like when I was uh, 15 and everyone was staring at me all the time when I had spiked hair, right? Yeah. So I love it. When you were Also, 15- I like to put a butt plug in my uh, backpack when I go through security because they always fucking stop and, and someone always has to pick it out. Fuck, it's so awesome. Hold on a minute. Hold on. I know nothing about TSA. What is it about the look of a butt plug that stops you? Well, it's, you know, it looks like, I don't know, a butt bomb or something. It could be stuffed with something. Okay. So, like, sir, uh, please come over. They look in your bag. They're digging around. And do they hold it up like uh, like this and show it? Or they're like, sir, what? what? No, they, they pull it out with the gloves. Okay. And I go, oh, that's the uh, that's my small one. And, and uh, it's just, it always happens. It's really, it's a good tactic. Because uh, you can smuggle drugs and, and something else. And once they see the butt plug, they're not searching your bag. That's just theoretical. Mike, one of the many things that I have admired about you for so long is you do stuff professionally and personally the way that you want to do it. Starting early in Thank your you, career. Nice. Like I'm talking like late 80s and 90s. Because I didn't know you then and I didn't know the music then. Were you that confident with everything back then as you are now with it? Uh, I think I got confident... Uh, yeah, in 91, when uh, my dad co-signed a loan for me for uh, $20,000, so I put out the longest line on fat, and uh, that, I was like, we're good, and if I sign bands that uh, are good too, uh, 
will probably do okay. I didn't think Fat Records would ever be successful, nor no effects. I mean, there was no success in 91. You know, we're still playing in front of 200 people a night. Uh, but three, 91, full, I made, I made full length records out by, hold on, hold on. By the end of 91, you had three full-length No Effects records out, and you only made how much money? I made $9,000. 9000 That was No great. Effects or the label? No Effects. The label started in 90. Yeah. From No Effects, 9000 That's good. My wife was making 19000 wow. So 9000 was, fuck yeah. Because there was no hope of ever getting popular. You know, until... Why? Why, why did you feel that Well, way? the biggest punk band at the time was uh, Bad Religion, and they were selling 10000 20,000 records. So what are you going to get? The whole band's going to get twenty grand. Right, forty grand divided yeah. by those people. Uh, it wasn't until Nirvana broke, and that's what helped you guys. Nirvana it helped, ev- yeah, it? it helped everybody. Really, really, the market, uh, this, the music industry switching to CDs. That's what really helped everyone, because you could CDs cost fifty cents to make, so you could take chances. Where vinyl, you remember when vinyl used to cost four ninety nine <laughs> and cost a buck to make? It's not a lot of profit. Right. So, CDs really changed everything, and Nirvana was so fucking good. Where were you when you first heard uh, Smells Like Teen Spirit? I was in Tucson, Arizona, living at 1201 North Park. That's a lot of details. Avenue. I remember. Okay. Proud of you. Yeah. I'm from LA, but I was in Tucson. I was going to college, University of Arizona. But you remember where you were? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I was was in a Volvo with Joey Cape. Are you serious? Yeah, because everyone remembers where they were when they heard that song. Right. That's fucking amazing. What what was your initial thought of Smells Like Teen Spirit? So you had not heard any previous I thought previous Godzilla music. by Blue Oyster Cult. Really? Yeah. Well, it sounds just like it, but, you know, way better. Blue yeah. Oyster Cult, pff, one song. Did you ever meet Kurt Cobain? Uh, I didn't. But once I, I almost went to Amoeba with Chris, but I, I just went home, got a hand job. Okay. Not with hand him. Hand job is good, but why didn't him. you go was... with Chris to uh, Amoeba? Just because of the girl Chris situation? Is a, he's a nice guy. Yeah. Mm, he's a little dull. Okay. And he's tall, so awkward all around. Hmm. Yeah. I would go to uh, Amoeba with, with Grohl. You would do it? Or I would do that. Do I mean, okay. me, and, me and Dave, <clears throat> we've been known to uh, go to the market together. Really? Well, once <laughs> in Mammoth. We were in the ra- same car? No, but we were going down the aisles t- aisle together. Okay. Like, <laughs> I'm like, I looks like Dave Grohl. Couldn't be him. He's like, hey, fatty. I'm like, hey, what are you doing here? You know, I'm with the wife and the family. I'm like, me too. Yeah. Just a couple of. Rockers going to the supermarket. It's Mammoth. interesting. The people you meet when your band starts out, like I met him when he was playing the Scream. You know, uh, those are the people you really remember. Yeah. Because we've been doing it so long. Like Josh Homie, uh, I met him in the 80s too. We played a tiny bar in uh, Wisconsin together when he was in Caius. Right. before This is before Queens of the Stone Age. He's from Palm Desert. He was in that band. And you guys were on the same bill? Yeah. And the Dwarves. But, you know, those are the people you remember. Right. Tall people. Hmm. He is tall. <laughs> Mike, how important is it for the headliner of a tour, let's just say there's a total of three bands, to treat the other two bands with respect? Because a lot of bands have come in saying how important that is to them. It was to them when they were a baby band. It's super important. What's interesting is no effects. We only did one opening tour. Wow. Uh, you know, we, we, we've done festivals opening for bands, but never a tour, just once in 91, 92 with Fishbone. And that was it. And uh, I'm still good friends with them. In fact, I'm producing their shit right now. But uh, it, it it was very weird because, oh, geez, we can't go here. And Smelly, you know, he touched Fish's drums. And he's like, don't touch that ever again. And we're like, oh, oh. Like, sure. And Smelly slept with this girl that 
uh, Angelo slept with like an hour before. That was funny. Uh, <laughs> 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 or the other way around. Either way, okay, they were yeah. both like, hey. Yeah. But uh, yeah, we, like metal bands, they always play pranks and shit on opening bands. And, you know, the Deftones were the only band that did Warp Tour and Ozfest. And they were like, Warp Tour is so fun. And Ozfest is terrible. I mean, it's just like everyone has their own posse and one has to outdo each other. And it's not a bro vibe at all. And the Warp Tour is we're all in this together. Absolutely. It doesn't matter who's That's going what, on yeah, when. The, the coolest thing is Kevin put on bands at different times. You never knew when you were playing. And what stage as well, right? Yeah. Oh, that is cool. And, yeah, uh, Kevin did an incredible job. Yeah, I mean, we all warped. did the Warp Tour, us in Bad Religion, and uh, against me, Les and Jake, just in Bouncing Souls, just because we wanted to hang out. Like, we would only tour with Bad Religion. And when they went off for, you know, 10 days, we would go off for 10 days. Because it's just hanging out with your bros. Okay. Can I ask you questions about Bad Religion, Brett mm, Gerwitz, sure. 1988, okay. 89, 91, 93? He was in the studio with you on these early records. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we How- did our first record in three days for... $700, now, $675. How did you link up with him initially? Well, he's Brett from Bad Religion. We heard, I know, but we heard like, he had why a studio. did he give a damn about you? Well, he had a studio. We were going to give him $675. Okay. <laughs> that was it. And so, okay, here's $675. you are working with him. So you and he were... has to sign no effects. And we sit, I was like, no, I'm going to do my own label. Right. So I put out our first record. That was a mistake. Boy, was that a mistake. Which part was a mistake? I should have signed with Epitaph earlier. Oh, okay. But then he produced SNM Airlines and... Uh, yeah. If it wasn't for Bad Religion, you know, I, I would not know how to do melody or harmony. I learned everything from them. I just, I heard Suffer and I listened to it a hundred times. Right. And, uh, and then Brett was producing us and Greg Raffin sang some harmonies on SNM Airlines. And then Ribbed, uh, yeah, that was it for me and Brett. <laughs> <laughs> he quit twice and uh, I, was, I was in tears. Like he was putting three-part harmonies on all our songs, which is great. But my voice is really out of pitch, especially on that record. So it just having more harmonies just makes me sound that much worse. I'm like, stop! And uh, we played a lot of chess. We played speed chess a lot. That's Who weird. Won? Mostly him. <laughs> I've never beat him in chess. Come on. But speed chess, yeah. I beat him a few times. Wow. I don't know the strategies. Beat him in poker. I'll bowl you, Brett. I will bowl you. I'm a champion bowler. I'm not kidding. But that was great. He, ta- he taught me everything. And, you know, I, lay, I modeled Fat Records from Epitaph, too. I worked there before anyone. Well, you started that in 90, but you guys already had music out, right? As no effects. Yeah, since 85, 85 was our first record. Wow. Wow. How much did it cost and you It was to 84 when I first slept with uh, Eric Melvin's girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> Does he know that? He just liked her. Okay. All right. But he did chase me. He chased me a lot. He was trying to hit me. But now you're fine with that. That's 30 no, plus years no, ago. No, I still hold a grudge. <laughs> <laughs> um, when you started Fat Records, uh-huh. what was your creative goal first? And then, like, what did you have a business goal for the label? Well, I'd been putting out no effects records since 86, seven inches. So you make a record, you sell it. Right. It's pretty easy. I just, I was on tour so much that I saw good bands. So, you know, I signed Lagwagon, No Use for Name, and Propagandi, Face to Face, Good Riddance, Strung Out. And uh, the thing I did is I made sure I produced every record. I was always there because I wanted to make sure every song was good. And I think that was, that's what Brett did. I mean, he, all the first bands he signed, No Effects and Pennywise and Offspring and Bad Religion. Right. 
well, Bad Religion was his band, but all great, you know, great bands. And that's what I wanted to do. And that's what happened. The first six, seven bands we signed, they all sold so many records. It was just easy. But if I didn't do that, if I didn't make sure everything was good, that's what I had to do. I had to make sure there was a standard right. on my label. Right. And this was all, not all, but a majority of it was you saw how Brett was doing it. You saw that it could be done. And hell, why don't you just try the, try and do this and be totally Right, and involved. I did it before that. I did it in, our, in, our, in 86. I yeah. was putting out our records. Right. Uh, but there weren't very many labels. There was you know, Epitaphy, BYO, and Lookout, Discord. You know, there, there were a few. But just put out a record. I didn't make any money for six years because everything you made went back into the label. Mm. But it's pretty cool times. I used to get so excited when we get a fax. <laughs> you know, like three in the morning from Europe. Oh, we got an order. And I was in a two-bedroom apartment and our records were just in a closet. Yeah, It was, it was exciting. But, you know, we never thought uh, punk rock would be successful. But I thought I, I could make a, I could make another $9,000 a year doing this. Yeah. Did your family or did anyone say to you in your circles like... My parents are dead. Not now, but back then. <laughs> what? Did, did, did they or anyone say, you're just like, what are you doing? You're a smart guy. What, you're making 8000 12000 bucks. What are you doing? Maybe go a different direction? Yeah. Yeah, sure. I went to real estate school. That Is was that my, right? Oh, yeah. I got my license. Wow. I didn't get my license. I took the test. Okay. I was all ready to go, and it was 89, and the fucking market uh, collapsed. Mm. So my mom said, yeah, you don't want to do this anymore. Not for 10 years. Yeah. And then just, you know, college and uh, no effects. I mean, no matter what I ever did in my life, I was always going to play in no effects because that's, you know, what I do. Being a punk band, there's nothing better than that. I mean, still, I'm a all huge right. sports ball fan. Love it all. No, you don't. I love regional sports ball team. <laughs> Wherever I am, love it. Really? No. What do you mean? No. Okay. Who, who likes sports? If you're in a punk band, it's so much better than uh, sports. You don't even get to do the sport. It's on TV. Right. You go to a game. Okay, I was at a playoff game seeing the Niners because we, you know, we got tickets. I've, I've been to a couple of football games. I forgot who they were playing. But it was like, it was kind of foggy, cold. It was a big game. with Whoever won went to the Super Bowl. I left. I left at halftime. Fuck that. Just too long for you. I, I took a cab, went home. Fucking... Uh, my lady gave me a hand job. Watched the second half of the game. <laughs> it was blow, blow, blow hand. Which one? It, it was like the two handed blow job. You know, oh, yeah. the balls like okay. Yanks, like this, and the, and the, uh, yeah, gotta have two hands. <laughs> now that's how you watch sports ball. <laughs> Who wants to fucking sit in a stadium? That is so weird. Question: I have a specific question for you about the two handed no nope. uh, blow job in the nineties. What was it about the bands you signed that you liked? Uh, songs. It's always songs. I, I need good songs, good melodies. It just so happened that they were all good players. Really kind of weird. No use. Propaganda especially. Propaganda changed the whole sound. They, they, they kind of defined the fabric of sound. Strung out, face-to-face. -face. Yes. They're all great musicians. Yes. Good riddance? No, no, no. They were okay. But all the other bands, great players. Are there any bands that you thought, oh, I love these guys, and then you didn't get them, and they went on to something pretty big? <sighs> yes. Who? Uh, well, they didn't become big. But the Lillingtons. Oh, man. I fucked that up. Listen to the record, said nah. Next day, I realized how good it was. 
and they already signed. Oh, really? Yeah, but no, a lot of bands I didn't. If I would have signed Les and Jake before they went to a major, they yeah. probably wouldn't have been as big. Mm. You go to a major, you get big, and then you come to an indie and make m- the money. Right. So, because, you know, we didn't break anyone. Rise Against, they got big. R- Rise Against? And Against Me, and but we didn't break them. We just put out the first couple of records. But you laid the groundwork, and when somebody signs with your label, that is instant credibility, not Th- only for thanks. the band, but it creates... Like something like you become very curious if you're a music fan. Well, Fat Mike likes them. I got to give them at least 20 minutes of my time to see what they're all about. That's why labels are still important. Okay. We're still relevant because we're tastemakers kind of. Like you can trust exactly what you said. Thank you for saying that. You're welcome. But if you hear a band on Fat Records, you know you're going to get some uh, level of quality. Uh, I'm doing a new label now, by the way. Why? And what's it called? Why? Because uh, me and my ex, Aaron, you've been doing Fat Records yes. for uh, 30 years or something. And it's a punk label, pretty much. And so I'm doing a label that's not so punk. Hold on a minute. Hold on. You're going to sign bands from other genres. Yeah, but it's more like... Cool. I'm just signing songs. Uh, songs I really like. So it's more of a song label. Okay. And is there a certain genre that you're leaning to? No. So if you hear someone that creates a great song in their bedroom or wherever it is, you're going to be like, okay, maybe let's check this out, see if we can do something? Yeah, we're we're doing 10-inch records and and just songs. It's just easier, you know, and if you deal with records and band and recording a whole record and marketing, we're just going to have, it's going to be a great song label, hopefully. A song label. Uh, And I'm working with uh, the DOC how about that? What the hell happened there? I think you put out the greatest or top three greatest hip-hop albums of all time. So you and the DOC, what are you guys doing? We're doing stuff. We're bros. Uh, I never heard of him before. <laughs> but uh, he was at my house one day because my friend brought him over. And I, I ended up recording him uh, <laughs> and put music behind this track. And now we're just we're, we're doing all kinds of stuff together. We're, we're in a band together. How crazy is that? Wait, I saw some footage of the DOC. He came on stage with no effects. Yeah. And so outside of him appearing on stage. Hey, we're doing you stuff. and him are doing something. Yeah. Is there a title to the uh, the, the group or the band? Yeah. What is it? Co-Defendants. Co-Defendants? How many songs do you have done? Oh, we have a fucking killer album. What's the plan with it? Well, we're just going to release songs. We're, oh we're just, we're just finishing songs. And let me tell you, DOC is so fucking good. Uh, he just, he got so pumped uh, hearing this band. I played it for him. He's like, I want to be in this band. I go, dude, you can be in this band. So uh, he sang on, on some tracks and uh, we're just like, I'm going to start releasing songs in March. Okay. All different kinds of music. Awesome. Wow. What is the style of, can you describe the style of the music? What? With you and the DOC? <laughs> nope. Okay. We'll just have to listen to it. Yeah. That's really exciting. So you're going to have I, a song I, I kinda, label. You're working with I the DOC. I can't play anyone that, they're, like, if they ask to hear a song, I can't really do it. You, you have to hear, like, eight songs. Okay. To get it. Is he a good lyricist? Oh, he's, he, he's crazy good. Uh, that's what he's known for. He wrote NWA lyrics, you know? Right. Yeah. Uh, a lot, of, most of them, or a lot of them. And uh, Tim Q. Bren my friend wrote a majority who brought him over, my friend Gary, him. said, yeah, you guys are my two favorite lyricists. And and we just hit it off. 
he's he's such a cool smart guy and uh yeah it's it's really cool it's a cool project so i'm one degree from the doc right now an artist that i love so much so they filmed his documentary at my house they did yeah and for a person who doesn't own one rap record you know i know that song stan by eminem yeah Mm, yeah heard fear of a black planet before public enemy yeah powerful saw that movie straight out of compton so you know but that's about it and then suddenly there's uh exhibit in my house and dj quick and uh sir sir vinx sir jinx Sir jinx yeah tone loke i mean there's like 20 famous rappers and i'm like hi guys (laughs) (laughs) and i have pictures of it too it's so funny uh I never heard of Exhibit, nor did I know he had a, a TV show. Right. Pimp My Ride. Yeah. I don't know this stuff. <laughs> you know, I don't. I don't. I have no idea. And he's asking me, uh, what year is this Cadillac? And I was like, oh, I think it's from the 30s. He's like, what? It's from the 50s. Like, <laughs> I showed him my minivan, opened the doors. Look, automatic doors. I didn't know he had a show, but everyone is laughing, so. I love love (laughs) everyone you just named. I'm a huge fan of. And of course, I'm a fan of yours. All right. Let's continue with more questions musically because I like all this crap here. Um, Meeting Eric and Eric. Mm -hmm. Was it an instant connection uh, more personally or was it an artistic connection initially? Well, none of us were artists. Uh, We were skateboarding outside the Cathay de Grand. And and Smelly, uh, he he said no when I asked him if he wanted to be in my band. He said it's too far because he lived in. Tonga, okay. La Crescenta. Right. And then No Effect started. We did one party with the drummer, and then we got smelly, and yeah, we had to drive from ugh, far. And you never thought, though, that punk rock or maybe No Effect Nobody Center thought. It was going to do, you were going to be doing this for 20, 30 plus years. Yeah, working on, yeah, no, of course not. No one thought that. Nobody, nobody, nobody thought that. You could make maybe a thousand bucks at a club. That was it. I mean, think about it. The shows were only six bucks. And half the bands didn't even have merch. Wow. You couldn't make money. Oof. Mike, in 94, roughly when Punk and Drublick came out, mm-hmm. and you started to get some radio play, did that scare you or excite you? Uh, well, truth is, I didn't think we, we could ever fit into that mold. No way. I'm just... I'm, even though there's Pennywise being played, Offspring, Rancid, Green Day on the radio. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying you're like all these, but I'm just giving. Just I didn't want to be a band. And, you know, we never did. We did. We stopped doing interviews for eight years in 94. Right. And uh, we didn't put pictures on our albums. We just like wanted to be kind of mysterious, just play shows. I just, I convinced the band. I said, I, I want a long career. I think this would be better for us. But really, uh, there's no fucking way my voice was going was gonna to be on radio and be successful. No way. And I would listen to bands like Offspring. I'm like, oh, this makes sense. He's got a rad voice. Or Green Day or Bad Religion. My voice, not in that. I'm, I've, I mean, I have a signature voice, but it's not. Mike. What? I don't understand this. I, it's you true. Are, no. Have you heard me? Don't call me. Why? You know, it's. What? Most successful artists that are played, I'm just going to use rock, rock radio, for example, aren't going to go on American Idol and win. It's not, it's distinct I know, but voices. It's distinct, yeah. And But we've had a great career. Great, great, great career. But, yes. but bands that become big, uh, they have better voices. Like, uh, like, can you imagine me on Saturday Night Live? No, bad. It would be bad. Uh, and we don't take ourselves that seriously. And I don't want that pressure. I don't want to do that shit. 
Uh, I never did. I didn't want, want to do radio shows. Uh, I'm doing this because I appreciate that. Oh, but I'm independent. You know that this is an independent show. I got no. Ooh, I thought this was corporate. God, no, this damn is it. totally. This is done at my house. Obviously, Mike, Mike, Mike. This is your house. <laughs> Jesus, my second bedroom. Mm. Mike, very important question. But but that's it's what's important is I just I didn't want anything to do with it. You know, you have to do stuff for people. Who wants to do that? You know, I'm like we could just play punk rock and have a great. What I asked the band is, are you all happy? You know. We all have, we're making good money. That's when we were making good money, a few hundred grand a year. And uh, we're happy, right? Everything's great. They, yeah, we're happy. So what more is there in life than happiness? And I remember Bad Religion, when they signed our major, Greg Graffin was like, we're going to see how far we can take it. And I always thought, ew, I, I don't want to see how far I can take it. I just want to have a great time in life. Because what is success? It's happiness. Right. That is success. I, that makes sense to me. But whether it's me or you could poll a hundred people, sometimes happiness is grabbing those dangling carrots that you think will create your happiness. Really, dangling? You want to get a bunch of dangling carrots? That's going to give you happiness. Another carrot. It's dangled. You think if you get to that, you can succeed? I don't know. Carrots are (laughs) not that big a deal to me. Uh, As long as I can afford, mm, you know, latex clothes (laughs) and air conditioning, I'm, I'm happy. No, no, I, you don't want more because if you keep wanting more all the time, you'll never fucking be happy. It's just, it's Buddhism. It's just simple. It's just, I have something that, that I wrote on my wall a while ago, really big in marker. And it says, uh, successful people live simple lives. Mm. And I don't want to be fucking doing shit all day long and more and like my chemical romance i was hanging out in the backstage during black parade and they played a show they're all tired and they had to do a meet and greet meet 200 people i'm like what the fuck are you doing you just sold out an arena well he has to do this meet and greet why the fuck are you doing that and they were like yeah why do we do this like what are you doing it's not more it's knowing what happiness is and happiness is right here in front of everyone people just don't know what it is I, I figured out what it is when I was Rewind. like 18 is right, right. Uh, you know uh, like BDSM kinky sex that's that makes me happy uh, ever since I was you know, really young I have that that's happiness and the more often I get to do that better I like movies too and golf you know and uh, wearing funny shoes food but touring all the time ah so wait you don't love touring all the time well hell no but that's no where you guys we do can make- we, we do 12 shows. 12 shows, then everyone's in happy three and weeks, good. Four shows a week. Wow. Come home. Damn. Take three months off. Uh, yeah. Why, why work hard at doing something you love? It'll turn into it'll turn into a job. And it does for most bands. Right. And after 12 days, I'm like, damn, I want to go home. And everyone feels that way. Everything See, happiness. Said the last five minutes should be, a plane should be dragging it behind around Los Angeles because that really? was really good stuff. It'd be yeah. a long time. I appreciate that. And I'm, I absorb what you just said, and I'm, I'm going to utilize that. That was good. Yeah, you don't need more. You just need to find out what makes you happy, and people can't do that. They think money or their job is supposed to make you happy. Your job? Ah, no, your job is supposed to give you enough money so you can do, do what makes you happy. Right. As long as you don't hate it. You know. Cheers. Cheers. No effects and Fat Mike are responsible for me getting in trouble. The second most I ever got in trouble when I did work at K Rock for 22 years. Really? What did we do? It was, 
I'm, Remember the song you made I'm it called Franco Un American? Yeah. K Rock was playing it. I was playing it like crazy. And, you know, you guys mentioned how much you did not want to be on radio and all this. And so the hold on, wait, hold on. Let me just have a quick story. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I'm like, all right, I'm down with that. And I would go on the radio and say, all right, I'm supposed to play Franco Un American. They don't want it on. I'm not going to play it. My boss is like, what are you doing? Rodney? No, Rodney he wasn't gave the you boss. Shit? No, no. Rodney was your boss. He's no. like, I thought he was a boss. No, no, he did. He was on Sundays. Legend. Ronnie's. A, it was. The he's great, the boss. Great, great. The by, no. Angela. He's the king. He's the king. My boss, who I love, got mad at you. Kevin Weatherly. He's like, "What are you doing?" Oh, Kevin Weatherly. Yes. Right. Great. He likes me. He's like, "If I'm if I'm playing this, we're playing it. Use your enthusiasm and your knowledge, and let people." And I'm like, "They don't want it on." He's like, "Play the song." Uh. You are very enthusiastic. I like that about you. Thank you. Striker. Yeah. Uh, well, thanks <laughs> for doing that. Uh, it probably wouldn't have lasted more than a week in rotation. Bull crap. <laughs> I don't know why you We think never played one of those. Way. They never asked us to play one of those uh, funny hot dog things. Because The weenie roast. Because mm. they knew you hot wouldn't dog, do it. And that was the hamburger. time. And I give K-Rock so much credit in Kevin that we were playing it without. It was fun. And then. Yeah, I, I didn't care if Rita played us. I just didn't want to have to do all that, that goes with it. Gotcha. Copy that. Okay. Got it. Got it. Got it. I don't like I don't like having bosses. That's why we never opened for another band. We did it once with Fishbone. We're like, mm, uh, we, let's just do our own shows. Rather play a smaller place. Mike, after uh, eight or so albums of No Effects, Epitaph was, and you guys parted ways for good? Yeah, we, we still do stuff together. But it's all... Is the relationship strong with everybody over there and you and Brett? Sure. Okay, good. I go over there. Okay. Uh, I, I I don't like playing chess with Brett anymore. Right, uh, I can't take it. And when you play pool or poker, you know, there's the luck of the draw or the break. And chess is just, oh, you're smarter than me. I Oh, I don't like this. Every time we play, you're smarter than me. I don't want to play with you anymore. Chess. Oof. Backgammon. Now there, there's a tough game. Backgammon stuff. I do love poker, though. Do you play? I oh, play professionally. Come on. What do you mean? No, I, I, I never won a big tournament, but I, I uh, won a lot of money. Are you serious? Sure. Have you played the main event, Vegas no. World Series? Let's ten k. Let's get you in there. Mm. I'll give you one. I'll give you a hundred. Twenty five now. It's twenty five to enter the World Series of Poker. I pretty sure. Holy crap! Yeah, I can't afford that kind of well, thing. Well, that's a lot. No, you do. Instead of 12 shows a year, I keep do that much. 14 shows a year that you can play at the World that's Series. Right. I keep that kind of money right here. Shoes. Right in the shoes. Yeah. All right, let's talk about the brand new podcast, yeah, which I, is I, out Epitaph right is great. now. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah, I have a new podcast. Fat Mike's Fat, Fat Mike. Mike. Here's the, the thing. This will work, right? Yeah. My name is Fat Mike. I'm an old punk rocker. With my own podcast. Who are the guests? Why are you doing this? What's your take? Is it interview? Is it pop culture? Like, what is it? <laughs> I'm just interviewing people that uh, you wouldn't expect me to interview. Okay. Uh, and I think it's funny. I'm doing crazy. Uh, I think I'm doing, not crazy, but uh, I ask questions that make people uncomfortable. And it, it, it's turning out really good. Good. You know, I, I've uh, I interviewed uh, Tally, 
who is this woman with, you know, no arms and no legs. Probably the most stoked person in the world with no arms and no legs. And, uh, you know, she's been to Richard Branson's island. And uh, Richard Branson was on the show for a little bit. And uh, sports people, professional uh, sports ball players. Can you reveal some or do you want (laughs) to? No, not yet. But uh, Give me one. uh, One. Spencer Levine is coming over next week. Spencer Levine. Yeah, he, he's known for having the biggest freakouts on the PGA Tour. Oh, wow. Yeah, sports ball. Okay. It's smaller than yes. most sports ball games. Uh, and uh, we're going to hit balls around my house and at this Trump statue I got. Uh, <laughs> let's see if he has a freakout. <laughs> but, you know, we collected a bunch of footage of him freaking out. Uh, Timmy Curran, the surfer. Yes, the, Tim Curran. Yeah. I used to buy his clothes in the late 80s. I golf with him. Sometimes, but just people you wouldn't expect. Actors, you know, the guy from, uh, Roach from People Under the Stairs. Okay. And the Got Milk commercial. Yes. Just whoever is different. Is it a video podcast? It's a video podcast. Oh, it's a video podcast. Yeah. And is it Zoom or they're coming over to your house where I they was? Come, yeah, they come to my house and uh, I'm having the best time because uh, I can't get in trouble. It's so awesome. I can do whatever I want. It's one band, uh, two of the people in the band, a couple we're going to rehab and I got them the day before rehab and I'm getting them on the day out. Oh really? Yeah. Why do you say like, Oh really? No meaning. I know it's a bummer. They're no, going to get clean. No, Ooh. no. They, when they came over, they must've been way the hell out there. Oh, they no knew they were about shit. To they would not rehab. leave. We had to <laughs> actually, yeah. One guy, Jesse was fucking throwing up everywhere. And we're like, you guys said you were going to leave at 6am. Like get the fuck out of here. Stop Jesse throwing from up. Palm Springs area. No. Okay. No. From Escape from the Zoo in days oh. and days. But uh, it was cute. They had a $60,000 loan, not a loan, $60,000 grant to get into this rehab. And if they didn't show up that day, it was getting taken away because they'd waited three months. <laughs> so oh. we got them in. I hope they get well. And you're going to see them when they get out. Oh, yeah. We're going to fucking throw them, we'll throw them in a kegger. It's going to be awesome. Do you see yourself doing like 50 episodes a year, one, one a week? Or is this? Yeah, I already have about 15 done. Is that right? And we're not launched yet. I just want to make sure that they're good. Hold on, but as this, this is going to be one of them got, in one February. Of them, it wasn't good. We're not going to show it. We're going really? to redo it. Why wasn't it What's good? What's the guy's name? Daniel, yeah, Daniel Franzesi from Mean Girls. Oh, it didn't go well? Well, it was just, he was sick. Uh-oh. He had the bug that's going around. Okay. So uh, it, it, was, it kind of went well, but he just didn't feel good. And I'm like, ah, I don't want to do this. He's like, let's do it another time. Okay. But, you know. I have suicidal gangsters from uh, suicidal tendencies and all, all these old war stories. And uh, this one dude who's a great, awesome graffiti artist, he lives on Skid Row, and he, he runs the block. Fucking gnarly dude that we've worked together before. Just just uh, different people. That's great, man. Different walks of life. Good. Is Not, it easy for you to get the guests? You're like, hey, I'm Fat Mike, and they're like, yep, instantly I'm coming over? It, yeah, except for someone does that for me. Okay. No, no, I actually, I called. You've most got of my people. Independent no, that's what's so easy. That's what makes it so easy <laughs> is that actors and uh, yeah. and sports ball players. Yeah, I know a lot of them because they like they're fans of the band. So, so like, you like they, football, they wanna, you like golf, you like poker, you like games. It sounds like. Oh, I'm doing a, I'm doing a poker podcast with uh, uh, with Phil. Phil and, Helmuth. Uh, no, no. Uh, the Unabomber guy. Phil Locke. Yeah, Phil That's Locke. That's my good friend. Yeah, yeah. Oh, good. You should, yeah. you should play. He's my great friend. Yeah, I'm doing a a, a table. Yes. So, yeah, we're going on the road. Okay. I'm going to Stanhope's. What? Oh, yeah. I mean, I've done his podcast twice. He Wait, hold me. on. Do you know Phil Locke or no? Yeah. 
You know him. Yeah, we played in a celebrity tournament together, okay. which was really funny. He's the when, best. When I was, at a, table, I was at a table and I was like, who's a celebrity here? You know, and <laughs> I was supposed to raise my hand. Everyone's like, who's that guy? <laughs> I'm not famous enough to do a celebrity tournament. Yes, you are. You came are. In a, I came in 12. Your voice Miss, is good. You came in 12? Uh, the bubble. Ugh. Oh, man. So you didn't, you didn't get the money. No, Jennifer Tilly. She beat, Phil's girlfriend. Yeah. Oh, good movie. Great movie. Bound. Oh, Bound. Oh, Bound, yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's the one. All right, so we got the podcast. What about... Yeah, podcast. I have a podcast. Fat Mike's Fat Mike. All I know is that I'm having such a good time, and I shoot for a half hour because, uh, yeah, that's enough. We're already, like, at 50 minutes on this thing. Can we keep going? I got some stuff for you. Yeah. I want to know about the musical... Home Street Just Home. Just cut out every other word or something like that. No, 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 no. This is where keep going. It's funny. Uh, can I have a sip of mine now? Or is that rude as the host? I, I don't... Why aren't you drinking? You're going to sip I'm it? I'm the host, and the host I'm shouldn't have this. any cocktails. I'm nursing this small bottle of Tito's. All right, I'll wait. I'll wait why, why are you going to wait? We're supposed to cheers. Is that all right, Gary? Woo! <laughs> Woo! Holy mackerel. Tito's is so much better than other vodka. It's just crazy. <laughs> Can you please and, get us a sponsor here? And if anybody, if you do a blind taste test, Tito's against yeah, that good. stupid French Grey Goose, no way. This is so much better. This is good. Yeah, this good. is like the Jameson of, it's made in of, Texas. of Rome. Um, Home Street Home, the musical. Where are you on oh, that? Oh, I have a musical. I know. Ugh. Well, we were opening in a... Before COVID, right? Before COVID. Yeah. Didn't open. It was so sad. But, uh, oh, this is so exciting. I told you before we started, uh, one of our actors is MJ Rodriguez, who just won a Golden Globe. First wow. trans actor ever to win. That's and, great. Oh, I'm so happy for her because she was great in Pose. And I'm going to play the song because no one's ever heard the song. This is the first time. There's a world premiere on the pod? Is that what the show's called? Tune on Toast. Tune on Toast. Yeah. Tune on toast. Uh, uh, yeah, world premiere. We're going to listen to it. MJ Rodriguez singing a song called Catching Out. Okay, let's have a listen. Let's do that. It must be nice to not already know your future. It must be nice to just pack your shit and leave This is my hometown But I've never really felt at home Though I've clicked my heels and really tried to believe It's much too late for me to start all
So you wrote every is wait are you songwriter? Can yeah, I wrote all, all the songs in this. Uh, wow. Yeah, it kills like, me. It just so my eyes are kind of like watering right now. Yeah, it's, that was it's just a sad so song. good. You know, it's a street person, uh, pre-op, who's just stuck. And uh, that's the word I don't know how to say. It's the second to the last number. What's the second to the last song? Is a name for it? Pumpernickel, catapult. <laughs> I'm stuck. Comunculant. Jerry, second to last song in a musical. Camacho. I don't know the name of the second official name of the second to last song in a musical. What's that called? But that I is thought that. You knew right? stuff. I know Stucker, a few things. Stucker. <laughs> Stucker. Is that how people refer to you most of the time? Um, people say Ted, Tr, or Striker. But do they say Straka? There's. Does your wife say that when you have sex? Straka. Straka. She says, "Will you finish, please?" <laughs> That's all I know. Uh, you're a slow finisher? Huh? Fast. Fast finisher. Yes. Oh, jeez. She still says that. Mm. But don't you think women want it done quickly? <laughs> Who wants a marathon session? I don't. Mm. Well, you want to, I mean, <sighs> no marathon. But What's you know, the when I'm having sex, uh, well, I do the whole deal. You have to get you know the outfits, the ropes, the way. It's a, you know. It's a four or five hour process, and sometimes you sex isn't the 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 on top. Sometimes you have sex, sometimes you don't. It's the build up to it. Yeah, and it's uh, and coming is like mm, sure that, that happens sometimes, but that's not what it's about. And if you don't come, uh, you're still horny. That's the, that's the way to go. It's a lot of work, and you want to get to the finish line. Well, for people who have like naked sex, and like oh, let's try this position. Like, oh, you know, it sounds horrible to me. Uh, I, I like doing crazy you shit. Ever have, hold on, Mike, hold on. Let's just say okay. you wake up at, it's 8.30 in the morning and you are super frisky, ready yeah. to go. Uh, Don't you sometimes just be like 10 minutes, let's just roll around on the hay for a second and then get the day going? Sure. But you don't need the latex then? No, but uh, I don't need it. I sure fucking want it. Uh, yeah, leather sex. Yeah, I mean, uh, all those smells, you know, uh, what you hear, what you see, what you smell, what you yeah. taste, uh, that's what BDSM is. It's your whole body is a sex organ. It's not just your fucking cock. You know, like when you're wearing latex, you feel your skin in a different way. Mm. And uh, there's just so much to it. It's so fun. It's, you know, it's it's uh, getting your doctorate, in, really, in sexuality, <laughs> which which funny, it might... My mind was human sexuality. Where'd you go to school? At San Francisco State. Home of the people who went there. It was home to a lot of people. Did you enjoy college? Sports ball team. I don't remember their name. Huh? Did you enjoy going to college? It was okay. Like, that's when I became Fat Mike. Damn food cart. I ate ribs every day. Oh. Who named you that? According to Dave Haas, I named myself that. God damn it. Uh, guy on my label. Fucking talk shit about me on USA Today. Uh-oh. Said I nicknamed myself. Who nicknames himself? Right? You get a nick. You get a nickname. Yeah. You know, I went on tour and I went to college. Uh, in between, and I gained twenty pounds. So the band we're touring with Subculture said, "Fat Mike." Oh boy. 
Do you ever wish you weren't called fat, Mike? No, I never. That wouldn't be one of my wishes. Okay. I, I don't care that much. If I was just called Mike, what a terrible existence that would be. Since it's, it's the most popular name for the past 22 out of 23 years. Yeah. At least I have John for a middle name. That's interesting. <laughs> Mike John. MJ. I'm changing my good name. Good initials. Actually. MJB. Yeah. It's yeah. good. Uh, I'm changing my, my last name. Officially? Officially. Okay, here we go. This year. I'm not telling. Please, we're doing all exclusives today. Nope. You'll hear it. Okay. And you're going to go, fucking A. Good last name. Couple more things, and we'll get, then we'll get you out of here. Oh, great. The Punk Rock Museum, I've heard rumors about. Oh! Las Vegas. We're, we were thinking Atlantic City. Oh. But uh, then we thought, that's stupid. Let's open it in Vegas, where people actually like to go. <laughs> now okay. we uh yeah the punk rock museum we bought a building uh there's about a hundred owners now you know brett gurowitz tim armstrong pat smear not tom DeLong. uh if you have his number though i do yeah i'll give you five percent get him in for money no okay we're, we're almost at the, at the at the end but uh mark hoppus fletcher from pennywise just uh there's so many punk rockers. That's what I went after. It's just, I don't want corporations. Just punk rockers and bands. Uh, it's funny that the uh, the band that said no, there's only really one band that said they didn't want to be part of it. Ooh. Take a guess. Who, who made more money on punk rock than anybody? Green Day? Yep. Why would they say no? I Love don't know. Guys. I don't know. But I called. Fletcher called. No. So, okay. Wow. We're still going to give him a display. Right. It's going to be real small, though. <laughs> oh, but maybe they didn't want to put their money, they didn't want to put their money into it, but do they want their stuff in there? Like, here's the outfit I wore in they the video just, for a while. Their warning, manager's or? like, they, they don't want anything to do with it. Oh, man, that's kind of a bummer. I shouldn't be talking shit, but. No, you're you know, not. You're just. I'm just saying. Scoop. You know, yeah. rise like against. <laughs> you don't want me talking shit about you, do you? No, you're going to put in your money, aren't you? Tim was on this show, said the greatest things about you. Can you can you um, expand on something that he mentioned to me? Mm-hmm. When he first met you in person, he drove to Wisconsin from Chicago, and he made that's it seem not a big like, deal. You know. No, no, not, that's, that's the minor part of the <laughs> that's story. Like, like twenty minutes. No, I know. Okay, <laughs> but I think you were surprised on wow, how young he, must he have really liked me. <laughs> You were surprised that he was kind of like a younger, very like unassuming guy at the time when you looked at him and you were like, are you ready for this? No, I don't think I ever said that. No, I never, I never said that. No way. He, no, he said, said that you, you said, are you ready for this? Oh, are you ready for this? Maybe. Uh, I could have said, why are your eyes so weird? <laughs> got those weird eyes. Yeah. And you see when the Cokie the Clown, when I blasted him with, with cocaine, yeah, oh, man. He's like, my eyes hurt for a week. I'm like, shut Oh, that's why he's not giving the money. Mm. You're going to get, you're going to give your money. You know why, Tim? Because Pennywise are on tour with you. And you don't want Fletcher on your fucking ass, do you? So put in your money. We're all doing it. <laughs> that's how you do it. That's why uh, I hired Fletcher. Okay. I'm like, you know what? People aren't returning my calls. Yeah. Don't return Fletcher's calls. He punched me in the leg years ago so hard. He said, what's the name of the bully from the TV show Different Strokes? What you talk about, Wuss? And, I, and I'm like... And I, well, that's I'm terrible. Like, it's, I think it's Gooch, but I couldn't Gooch? think of it. 
the gooch. So he hit you. But in a loving way. And it hurts. Mm. He's huge. Well, he picked me up on stage. You should show this clip uh, during our set. I don't know if I can show clips. I'm he, one person he, in a bedroom. He just, oh, picked, okay. he just picked me up and threw me into Smelly's drum set. And it destroyed the whole drum set. Show over. Are you serious? Were you yeah, hurt? I'm serious. Uh, it hurt. He got more hurt. But yeah, that's how Fletcher rolls. Wow. He will throw he will throw a Jew across the fucking <laughs> room. You better not cut that. That's good shit. He's from uh, Redondo or something, Manhattan. No, you're Huntington. Hermosa. You? Oh. Hermosa. No, Fletcher Huntington. Okay. <laughs> no effects, new music. So Fletcher is actually designing the museum. What is it going to be? Two stories, one story. Is it where you walk through? It's no stories. And look at the... it's all stories, bro. It's all punk stories. <laughs> like all our yeah. artifacts. Yeah, everything has to have a story. We got fucking. Lord. No, but I mean, is it two floors? It's two floors. Oh, two floors. Yeah. Okay, it's two floors. We have more than two stories. Though. And it's in a building, and people will pay what ten bucks, five bucks to get in and walk around. Oh, yeah, we're gonna charge fifty cents. No, it's like thirty bucks, like a fucking museum. Okay, it's a museum. Right. We have fierce. Dude, we have fierce saxophone. <laughs> we have Lorna's Lorna Doom's pin collection. We have Darby Crash's record collection. We have a life size uh, figure of Jerry Only. It's fucking awesome. With red eyes. Uh, yeah. When do you think it's going to open? Uh, summer. Summer of twenty twenty two. We have a guitar room where you can play my bass. I'm looking at you now. You can play Sean say. You can play my bass through my amp. You can play no way. Pete from Sick of It All's guitar through his amp. Wow. Uh, you can touch stuff. That is awesome. And you get a free beer when you get come in. That is great. Yeah. So people were against me on that one. But thing. I'm like, uh, yeah, you get a free beer. You Perfect have to drink it before program. you go in. Okay. No, no, you don't have to drink it. <laughs> but it'll be something bubbly. You must drink something bubbly. Okay. This people are like, what really if you spill exciting, beer man. on an exhibit? Don't. Exhibit's going to be there? Yes. <laughs> He's pimping out. Joe Strummer's car. Okay. We, actually, we, I think we have Joe, we have Joe Strummer's uh, something. Are you? Wow. I think he had a uh, Volkswagen. No, Cadillac something. <laughs> Joe Strummer did not have a Volkswagen. I made that up. Mike, do you think you don't get enough credit for what you've done in your career from a certain select group of people? I get plenty of credit. Care. Okay, good. I, I, I think I have the perfect it. amount of fame. Fame, fame. When I go to a supermarket, like half the time, someone goes, "Hey, fat Mike." Sometimes it's even Dave Grohl. <clears throat> but it's <laughs> look at it. I'll come back around. I'm good at this. Uh <laughs> I I think I have plenty of uh accolades. I'm 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 just happy. I'm so happy to be doing this for so long. Yeah. Uh I don't understand so many haters, you know, when I started cross dressing and when I got po political, like oh like Vice magazine gave us a zero out of ten on war and errorism review. They did Yeah, stay at the kids' table, fat Mike. Hey, I I went to college and studied political science. Uh, can I have an opinion? Or because I'm in a band, I can't. And ever since then, I have so many haters. Don't get it. Tim Armstrong, no haters. I get haters. Mike, were they upset that you had an opinion or they were upset with the way you were voicing your opinion? Well, it's like I took the Michael Moore approach instead of the Noam Chomsky approach. <laughs> you know, I say things that are true and funny. Uh, and... People just don't like, just stick with your, in your lane, in your punk rock lane. And I'm like, this is the punk rock lane. You know, I went to rock against Reagan. It's like, we're, you know, uh, God save the queen, whatever. You're supposed to fucking say whatever you want to say. Right. And we had to come together during the 
Bush administration and lose that second election. It was important. The John Kerry one, right? Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, we, cause we, I worked a year and a half so hard. I did radio shows all across the country. I never worked so hard in my life just trying to get Bush out of office. <clears throat> it was like my civil duty, I felt. And then, because uh, if 300 punk rockers had voted in Florida the time before, or 300 country fans, anybody, they probably wouldn't have heard me on stage. But anyway, it's not the point. We could have made a big difference. But in the election of 2006, you know, one woman in Montana, a college student, changed Montana from uh, red to blue, almost single-handedly. She changed, at which uh, turned Congress, the Senate. And she she changed the course of uh, American history. One woman. So it's like you can do that kind of shit. But, boy, this is going nowhere. I will say this. Uh, when we lost the Bush election, I had a bunch of people at my house, and uh, I had a, a shot glass full of uh, Valium okay. and a shot glass full of ecstasy, and we lost. So we took the ecstasy. Like, hey! <laughs> the worst part is Jello Biafra. He left four messages on my phone. Mike, what's your address? Mike, where, where's your address? <laughs> so, sorry, Jello. New no effects record in 2022. Is that a guarantee? New no effects record in 22, 23, 24, and 25. Yeah, I'm finishing up a single album, disc two. That was taking too long. So, yeah. Is there any COVID music been awesome. handy in that? I just, I'm at home writing songs. I'm like, I have 15, over 15 no effects songs I'm finishing. When do you work? Like, do you have a time when you wake up, you do it, or it's when you're feeling it? One to six, yeah. Are you serious? Yeah. Wow. Four days a week. Okay. When you stick it. Do you have any songs in that computer? You know, no today is songs? my day off. I came here on my day off. I appreciate that. How much am I making? Zero point zero dollars. That's nothing. But Gary, the Gary, return on this is You said be I was going to get something. <laughs> you didn't even have any fucking vodka. It was my vodka. Yes, it's your vodka that we're drinking. I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't know you wanted any vodka. What a I had other I had, uh, but, but still at your at your paltry bar, you have a, a bottle of Tito's and it's empty. Why didn't you throw it out? <laughs> you were what the fuck, Mike? I'm the same guy who will eat food from the refrigerator. Oh, you eat food from the refrigerator, and I leave the package in there with nothing. In oh, that was that was a good bit on Roseanne. Oh, really? The milk. I didn't, I didn't Everyone like <laughs> put the milk back. Everyone just put it back, even though it smelled bad. I love old milk. Are there any hooks of no new no effects you could play or no? Any songs? Any? You want me to play an unreleased no effects song on tuna on toast? If you would, I mean, that would be so rad. I want uh, more than zero point zero. Tell me what you need, and I will get it to you. Maybe not the second, but in the next. I want days. you to open that packet of cashews because I can't do it. One. Nope. Over <laughs> oh, I got it. Wow. There you go. Okay, I'll play uh, unreleased no effects song. Come on, are you serious? Whoa. Uh, this is coming out on single album, disc two, which I don't know what to call yet. What do you call it? Double album? Uh, it, formerly known? I don't know. It was a double album, but I... But you just, only did the I single part. Yeah, because I, I couldn't finish. I didn't want to wait another... I just wanted to put out the first one. Yeah. The second one's kind of neat. This song's off it. It's called Fuck Day Six. It's about me going to rehab. Easy. Fuck Day Six. Yeah. They Let's let me on five it. days. I had a, you know, an opiate problem. <laughs> and they're like, well, how much are you doing? I'm like, 60 to 90 milligrams a day. They're like, seriously? <laughs> it's not a lot. 
It's not a lot. It's like two pills. But, I, you know, I knew the guy who owned it. I wanted to go to rehab. It was cool. Did it help? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I haven't done opiates since. Good. Congratulations. That's great. Jesus Christ. I take acid like every day. No, you don't. No, and, you don't. And my stiff and glue problem, <laughs> it's not a problem because it's fucking cheap. Pick the wrong week to quit sniffing. Really. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to hear the song? Yeah. So we're going to hear a song and then leave? No, and then we'll just we'll wrap oh. it up after. Okay, let's wrap it up. All right, this oh, is oh, a shit. world premiere. This is a, this is very, very, very exciting. Mike, do you ever get annoyed or frustrated? With myself? No, all the time. With the way that bands conduct themselves as they get famous, or you don't give a damn? Uh-huh. Yeah, a lot of bands. You do get frustrated. You, well, just on the, like on the Warp Tree, you'd see a lot of bands. Uh, they were really popular at the Ascending time. Up, yeah. And then they're dicks. But some 41, always cool guys. Totally sweet guys. Uh, uh, my Chemical Romance. Great guys. Great guys, yeah. Motion City Soundtrack. Uh, not, not, not a very good band, but they got popular. I don't know why I said that. Alien Ant Farm. What a terrible band. Why did I even bring them up? Because I'm talking about bands that got worse and worse and worse. I'm going to play my song. Okay. We're not a band that gets worse and worse and worse, right? You got some great reviews for oh, your album from the album. Oh, you got some. I haven't heard your last album. I understand you got some great reviews. Thank no, you. No, people, you make Pe- a difference in your 14th, 15th album just as much as you did number eight, nine, seven, six album. I do think so. You are. Thanks, dude. This song is just, this. the, the second disc is really funnier songs. Okay. This is Fuck Day 6. Funny lyrics. It was funny. This engineer I knew, he was checking through my, all my stuff for drugs. That's what you do. You, I mean, who would, why do you bring drugs into rehab? It's, what's the point? But, he put his hand in my sock. Found and the butt plug? No, but it's what the sock <laughs> I jerked off into. And I was like, so what are you laughing about? I'm like, nothing. It's in the song. You'll hear it all here. Okay, here we go. When I pissed a perfect rainbow And tasted every drug screen I needed help, so I called up this skinhead Lisa Brownlee's old boyfriend Noah Levine He had a place against the stream And he's a punk from Santa Cruz A Buddhist with a Jewish name How could I ever lose? He'd give me a bro rate and a triple AAA discount If I checked into his mansion And paid the right amount Getting clean in seven days Sounded pretty good in a gentrified hipster neighborhood. They told me my addiction wouldn't be too hard to fix. What they didn't tell me was about day six. Fuck day six. Fuck day six. Fuck day six. The guy who searched through all my things was a producer, Jim Goodwin. I giggled cause he missed my two milligrams. He said this isn't funny, Big Mike, this is serious detox I said I'm laughing cause your hand was inside one of my jerk-off socks My semi-private room smelled like rubbing alcohol So I wore a leather blindfold and a latex chemisole Two days later when I woke up, I was in such a good mood Cause I was three days cleaning on Tuesday nights Mexican food I never tried to quit drugs Or hang out with Buddha Be 
Six can suck my Damn, dick. Damn, that's good. That's Thanks. so good. Thanks, dude. God, what's this now? It's the album. Oh, wow. Mike, thank you so much. Straga. This is amazing. Was it okay? Did I do okay? You did, you did great. You were laughing. Mike, thank you. This is a big deal when someone like you comes to my house, and I appreciate You got to bring your mic. We're not done done. We're almost done. I'm giving you the thank you. This was you like came to my house at one time. I know, and but this was a big. deal I didn't even for give me. you n- cashews. Nothing, no nuts at all. I did have one drink over there. Oh. It was good. So, congratulations! Well, well, thanks for having me. And yeah. uh, podcast, it's cool. You like it? Did I do okay? Yeah, you're, you're you're good. Very enthusiastic, and I don't think there was a, a dull moment. I don't think so either. I don't like lulls. Even if we're talking soft, I still am like, I am, I want to hear this info. Podcast episode, lulls. <laughs> good name for a song, too, or an album, no lulls. Simple plan, maybe. <laughs> All right, we're done. Fat Mike, you've been an incredible inspiration for so many bands. I hope you get that. I think you do. You've done an incredible job, mm-hmm. and you're bigger and stronger and better than ever. Really? Yeah. I'm not that, that strong, but thank you for saying I'm big. I don't mean big, uh, I'm not saying body big. So anyway, oh. thanks. Thanks for all the music. Thanks for everything over the years. And thanks for being on the show. Thanks for having me. Uh, I had a very nice time. Good. I, I'm glad. That makes me feel good. All right. And Can thank- I have another one of my vodkas? Sure. Great. Okay, we'll go get it right now. For Fat Mike, I am Striker. It's been Tuna on Straka. Toast. Happy Snuggles. Bye-bye. Straka. <laughs> awesome. All right. That's another episode of Striker's Tuna on Toast. Promise, it'll get better. Most likely. For sure. Maybe.